Tapes and Scouts, a podcast where two friends review every single movie they watch. Time to podcast. Another normal episode. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, everything will be normal from this day forward. Yeah, it's just normal. Again, we've gotten your communique. Mm-hmm. And we don't care that you want more special episodes. Right. I, don't, I can't make this clear enough. That's right. We don't care. No, we don't care at all. No, I could not care less, as a matter of fact. Oh, wow. Really? Well, that's not true. I care a little bit. I cared about the one letter, and you know who sent me that letter. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate it. But <sighs> I mean, it's nice. It's kind, but we still can't. We can't just make as much as I appreciate it. Well, we can't don't write letters anymore. No, and that was part of it right there. And yeah. the fact that they had found a still alive carrier pigeon was the second most impressive part. I mean, just barely. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it didn't survive its trip here. No. Knife Puppy got it right out of the air. Oh, yeah. It was not. It was not. It was a little hard to read it. Oh, it was gross. Yeah. 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 The blood kind of dried to that like brownish yellow. So I was able to see the the writing after that. Well, you've got those reptilian eyes. Makes it easier. I don't have reptilian eyes. I'm not Anya Taylor Joy. You're not? I'm not. (laughs) Wait a minute. Since when? No, I'm not her. I wish I was. I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah. (laughs) Love to be Anya Taylor Joy. Well, sadly. You're not. I'm That's not. okay, though. You're Max, and Max be great. I am. I got a movie, too. Oh, tell me about it. It's from 2022. I know that year. We're it's, in it. It's right, and that's called Senior Year. Senior Year? Senior Year. I watched oh, wow. this on the 15th of May, 2022. It's one hour and 51 minutes, and bills itself as a comedy. Oh, no. Directed by Alex Hardcastle, starring... Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Rebel Wilson in there, Alicia Silverstone, if you can believe it. I do believe it. And Sam Richardson. Okay. Hardcastle? Hardcastle. Fuck yeah. Yes. Your IMDb movie summary. A high school cheerleader falls in a coma before her prom. 20 years later, she awakens and wants to return to be, or wants to return to high school to retain her status and become prom queen. Is that Alicia Silverstone's character? It is not. Okay. It is Rebel Wilson's character. Okay. So she is in, she's a, she's a head cheerleader. And the other cheerleaders decide that they don't like her that much and they're going to like kind of blow one of her big stunts and one of her cheers. And oh, she ends up cool. going up in the air to flip and comes down and goes into a coma. That's how it she happens. Comes, comes out of the coma and she still thinks it's the 90s. Sick. And yeah, so it's, there's a lot of 90s jokes and a lot of 90s music, and which is a delight. I like that. You know, I mean, I like boy bands just as much as the next yeah. boy band lover. That's the late 90s. That's, yeah, yeah. We're talking late 90s, like sync, Backstreet, like that era. LFO. Uh, there was no LFO, thank God. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. There's no five. There was none of that. No Dream Street. We're missing out. Yeah, some heavy heavy boy band hitters here. Dang, bro. Dang. (laughs) So, yeah, I really feel like the movie almost tries to have a message. Okay. And, like, it wants to kind of, it wants to tell you that it seemed to me, and maybe I'm reading way too much into this, (laughs) but it's really trying hard to make a poignant message about how no matter what, even if... We're like at the time, the 90s, we were a little bit insensitive, right? Like, there's like jokes in here where she calls something gay and she calls something retarded and then finds right. out that those are not okay things to do anymore. Sure. And no matter what, that may be a little crass. And like, we've talked before about like the troublesome themes in 80s movies with rape culture and things right. like that. So it's like we're all a little guilty of being insensitive at times, especially younger, as younger kids. And she, in all, for all intents and purposes, is. While that may be the case, it's still, we all still mean at the end of the day, 
hopefully to do well to each other. And there are things that transcend time and these important things. However, time and comas. Yeah. They've elected to bury anything that anytime they attempt to do something meaningful, they bury it under some obnoxious joke or some mm-hmm. reference that's like kind of poorly landed. It it's just trying so hard to almost do something. It's like I'm gonna go up here, I'm gonna try for something. Yeah, but this is this fruit's much lower. I'm gonna go for that one. Yeah. And it's just Ooh. like damn. And it's like and the reason I'd say I'm a harder on this one is because it had the opportunity to be something a little bit more thoughtful and interesting. Alicia Silverstone's character is a good example. It's the the girl. So in high school, this the Rebel Wilson character idolizes this other girl. And she's like, she has the perfect life. She married the quarterback. She was the prom queen. She was the greatest. And she comes to find out later in the movie, she she gets picked up by her as an Uber driver and her life's gone to shit. And she they have a conversation. about. It. So it's like, there's these moments that punctuate it that almost mean something where it's like, these, these moments don't define you. Your choices and the way you handle yourself and grow define you. It's like, every time they try to make a poignant message about something, they end up just kind of they like, Yeah, it's such a shame. Like, it was a really... The movie was a letdown. Like, tried and failed on its own merit. Not even like it thought it was doing a thing and didn't. It just was like, we're going to try this and we're going to completely blow it. That's so bad. It was rough. It was rough. And again, there's some endearing things in here. I think people could find things they enjoy about it, but it definitely, definitely didn't impress me. Mm. Don't impress me much for my late 90s, early... Yeah. (laughs) My late 90s, early 2000s music reference. That's with your leopard leopard outfit on. (laughs) That's right. IMDb score, 5.5 out of 10. Very generous at IMDb. Mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes critics, 30, or sorry, 56 critics put this at a 23%. Wow. Audience, 500 plus, plus, 47%. I'm coming in a little bit north of the critics at a three and a half out of 10. Good Lord. Yeah, not good, unfortunately. Well, gosh. Yeah. Well, it's not going to get much better here, but I did do this, and I did this for one person and one person alone. Oh. I did this for Jared. Oh, Jared, wonderful. This is for you. Oh, my God. I saw it. It's steel time, baby. <laughs> Yay. We're doing steel, steel, which is on HBO Max. Go watch it, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Shaquille O'Neal, right? Shaquille O'Neal? Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Damn, it's been a minute. like the biggest Superman fan in the world. Mm. Got to play steel mm-hmm. at the height of steel's popularity. I and think completely that's correct. completely snuffed all that moment. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The year 1997. I watched it on June 21st. It's an hour 37. Action adventure crime directed by Kenneth Kenneth Johnson mm. starring Shaquille O'Neal, Annabeth Gish, and Judd Nelson is your mustache twirly villain. Oh, fantastic. He's actually really good as nice. an over-the-top douchebag. I love it. IMDb movie summary. A scientist for the military turns himself into a cartoon-like superhero with a version of one of his own weapons is being used. When? When a version. <laughs> Jesus. When a version of one of his. It's already bad, Jared. <laughs> one of his own weapons is being used against enemies. Mm. So it's very corny, but it's kind of fun to watch because you can see Shaq is just having a blast. Sure. Shaq is at. This is like watching a grown man just run through like a ball pit or something. He's just like, this is great. I, you know, like I can never <laughs> fault Shaq for the things he's no. done with film or video no. games or music because it's well, just like, maybe music. You know what? Like 
if I was Shaq and I yeah. was good at one thing and somebody's like, do you want to do any fucking thing you want? I'd be like, absolutely. Yep. Like, there's no way I'm not doing that. So, yes. come on. That's great. And I mean, you think about it at the time. I think Steel was made like a year earlier. The whole Reign of the Superman storyline. He sure. was the black Superman character. Absolutely. Of course Shaq wants to play him. Of course. Of course he's 30 feet too tall, but that's fine. No one cares. Right. <laughs> I cared. Yeah. Because yeah. like Jared, I love Steel. Steel's a great character. I love the comics. The comics that were coming out at this time were awesome. They were. And they definitely suffered because of this damn movie. I'm sh- yeah, that is no doubt. That and DC doing some well, some stuff. Yes. But, I mean, the comics were good. The comics did have some of these elements, but not what they did in this movie. Right. Um, it was very much, there's guns on the street, and it was, it was dealing with street violence. It was dealing with... Uh, drugs, all real world shit that you could relate to. And a guy in a big armor suit was trying to stop it. It's funny about superhero movies of this time. Oh yeah. Where it's like, they were like, we need, we want to ground it and make it realistic, but we can't, adults definitely would want not like their attitude is adults would want nothing to do with it. So we have to make it for kids. Like what? But like you don't, yeah, you it's don't. Like, then change this, like change the subject matter. Cause it's like real, like you said, serious real world things we're dealing with. It's like, this isn't aimed at children at all. Like, why are you making it? for a child like let's change it around a little bit or let's tonally make it a little bit more for like a PG-13 audience and let parents have a conversation with their kids about it well sadly this one was PG-13 oh my god <laughs> Still a, a soft PG-13, I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, the subject matter, no matter, like you said, when you're dealing with stuff like that, it's right for the, the MPAA to have put that at a PG-13. There is a, a good recurring gag where he can't shoot a basketball and sink it. Nice. That's fun because he It can. is, yeah. He can't. <laughs> it real. <laughs> so, yeah, I we don't have to spend a lot more time. But okay. I feel like this movie gets shit on a little more than it deserves. That's fair. Just a little. Don't worry. Dan, don't worry. There's a comic book movie I'm going to do for you later. Nice. Yes. I don't know if he likes the movie. I know he likes the book it's based off. Anyways, IMDb gave this a 2.9. Yikes. The critics of Rotten Tomato, 26 of them, gave it 12%. Fuck. The audience, 5,000 plus verified, give it 19%. My God. And I am this movie's champion with the highest score, a 4.0. Fair enough. It's not fun or great, but it's a movie. You know, I think that your point of there was enjoyment you got out of it, but obviously a lot of things were much I mean, a lot of things were in the didn't work camp. Right. I think four is right on where it's like, if you really, are you going to go on to Rotten Tomatoes because you want to give something 10%? Like how like vindictive are you feeling about like, right. and it does it like what constant, that'd be an interesting thing to talk about at some point, maybe as a bonus episode of what con, I mean, we talk about this all the time because our movies tend to get clustered kind of in this, like, I'd say probably like the fours is kind of where like towards the bulk of where it starts to increase. And then it kind of falls off around the eights. Yeah. It's like that club, but that makes sense because these movies are not, they're well-made movies for the most part. They have things that are going for them, but they don't, they aren't perfect or they aren't horrible. So there should be out, like anything lighter than those scores are kind of outliers. Right. And it's like, are you saying that Steel was that bad? That's like so confused and poor that it should be that poorly scored? I don't think so. We've scored ones and sub ones on this (laughs) podcast. That's the difference. We know what those actually look like. Right. And I think we have, what's nice is we've kind of come to this distinction where we understand what that is and we have kind of like this podcast has an understanding of what is a super low what's a super high score right where we both kind of have our own variation in the middle mm. I think you know what I mean we have that kind of those uh, the polar ends are kind of figured out for sure absolutely people just like to be hyperbolic because it's the internet well that was for you Jared <laughs> I hope it somehow made you happy I don't think it disappoint him I have to remember to put Jared in the thumbnail you do 
You absolutely do. <laughs> uh, I got a movie. Hey. Jared has probably never seen it. Okay. That's from 2021. Yeah. It is Candyman. Oh. Yeah. The new one. The new one. I almost did this, but I was like, there's no way Max isn't going to beat me to this. <laughs> and I looked when you updated the sheet, and I was like, yep. Yep. <laughs> Watch this on the 18th of May, 2022. It is one hour and 31 minutes. Okay. It is a horror film directed by Nia DaCosta, starring Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, the second junior. I don't know. It's II on his IMDb. Huh. Uh, Tayana Paris and Tony Todd. Hey, Tony Todd back. Tony Todd. Yay. Your IMDb movie summary. This is the sequel to the horror film Candyman. Isn't that nice? Yeah. <laughs> it returns to the now gentrified Chicago neighborhood where the legend began as we follow an artist seeking inspiration. Ooh. So the the basic premise to walk you through it, Tim, is this: there's an artist who is doing a lot of very deep like you got to interpret it and kind of like he's trying to make a name for himself in the art in the art world in Chicago. And so he finds out about this Candyman legend and he starts to dig his way through it and it takes him back to Caprini Green where the original was. And now it's all been fixed up and cleaned up and it's all a little bit nicer, but there's still kind of like the shadow that falls over the town or the, I guess, the community. Mm -hmm. And it's... It's really, it's an interesting idea, and the concept here is going to make me be a slight bit spoilery, so if you're really like, I want to know, I want to see Candyman, I want to go in cold, now's the time to shut off. I don't think I'm going to ruin this film for you in any way, because I'm not going to spoil the big stuff, but I do have to talk about the setup a little bit, because sure. I don't... So we lead into the movie. There's a young black child going into an apartment complex in what was like the 70s Caprini Green. And he okay. goes into do his laundry and there's this man who comes out of this wall. And it's not Tony Todd. Okay. But it's this weird man with a coat and what looks like a hook hand. Okay. And so you're like, what the hell is going on in this movie? So this guy starts to dig into this. And apparently the Candyman legend has evolved from you have Tony Todd who was Candyman and then later Helen becomes Candyman. Mm-hmm. And then later after that point there's this other character that became Candyman to certain so Candyman is like a title that these people have and all of them ended up kind of dying at the hands of some sort of injustice whether it was police killing them or it was like Helen was where she was kind of burned alive at the end of Candyman spoilers for the original Candyman but all of these things you find out about obviously the original Candyman was hanged and you find out that this Candyman legend has kind of started taking people and making them Candyman as time evolves interesting and so the movie kind of follows this as he starts to slip into this crazy notion that maybe he's being earmarked to become Candyman and he's not sure if he's insane. And like these weird murders are happening near mm. where he – like involving people he knows. Is it him and he can't remember and he starts to drive oh, himself in the spiraling kind of ca- – Yeah, it's a really thoughtful way to handle it. The problem is, unfortunately, oh, no. we've slapped this together with characters that are kind of flat and not really – even the main character isn't that super interesting. He feels very plot progressive. Sure. He's doing – his best. This is the uh this is Yaya Abdul Mateen too doing I think he's he, he's he's working with everything he's got. He just right. doesn't have a lot of meat on the bone from a script here. Like he's not he's reacting, he's doing everything he can do, but it's just he can feel like that he's like just progressing the plot forward and he kind of knows it. Like there's these characters that are introduced because you know it's a horror movie and they're set up because they're gonna die and sure. you know what I mean pretty soon. And it's just kind of like damn like I really wanted more thought put into the film and more character development and something a little bit more 
interesting in that regard. And again, this is a character I can't quite relate to in a in a setting that I'm not super duper familiar with. So a little bit may not resonate with me as much as right. it might for somebody who is a minority in a in an urban setting. This might actually like they and if you feel that way, let us know obviously on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. That hey, no, this is like they went for authenticity and therefore we lost you may have lo- felt that it lost a little bit of character, but they were going for authenticity and here's why. But it just to me felt a little bit like kind of lame and flat, hmm. but not bad by any stretch, just felt like they took this, what was a really thoughtful concept to not just feel like a cash grab. Like, it's like, no, I have this really cool idea to continue Candyman and a really thoughtful, like, an idea to not only continue Candyman, but to continue the mythology of Candyman, which is like, oh, that's really cool. Like, make it transcend Tony Todd, include it, but also transcend its really thoughtful and interesting, uh, especially considering there were several Candyman bad sequels. Yeah, so. are they undone by this? They're not entirely. Okay. Because Tony Todd obviously ignored the Helen stuff in the sequels. The, mm. the Candyman 2, 3, and the Farewell of the Flesh, I think the third one is. Ignore Helen anyway. So it's, okay. and they still keep, they totally keep, to, and they honestly kind of explains the him coming back because he was the Candyman for those particular stories. Gotcha. So it kind of is pretty smart. Like, it's like, damn, they put so much effort into making that concept cool. It's like, if you had just taken that and put it in there, I feel like I'd be score, I'd be saying, like, this movie blows the original away. Dang. Yeah. IMDb. The scores are all over the place for this, by the way. Okay. IMDb, five points. 0.9 out of 10. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes critics, 331 critics, 84%. Oh, wow. Critics yeah. liked it. Yep. Hmm. Audience, 2,500 plus, 72%. Okay. So we're all over the place on this one. 72 is is fine for yeah. a horror movie. Absolutely. Yep. And this is a fine horror movie. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Nice. It's a well-done movie. I just feel like the the idea, the Candyman idea, eclipsed the rest of the the script and the writing in the film. Gotcha. And not, not that it wasn't there, and it brought it, and it was cool. It just eclipsed it. Yeah, I'll have to watch this. I didn't realize it was a sequel. Yeah, it's really good. You dig it. That's awesome. Did yeah. you know it was a sequel going in? I didn't know much about it at all. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's time to take us home. Ooh. The only way I know how. That's a lie, but I know how to do it this way. Oh, okay. Then do it. G.I. Joe. Mm. A real American hero. The movie. The movie. The movie. The From movie. 1987, I believe. <laughs> I didn't write down the actual year. I watched this in the theater because it was a Fathom event. Yeah. And little eight-year-old me was super excited to go to the theater again, just like I did when I was little. I watched G.I. Cobra. So good. Yes, that, that. I mean, you can argue the Transformers had better music, but it doesn't beat that. Doesn't. No, it's great. It's they fantastic. may have the touch, but they have. They do have the touch. Cobra's got. They've got Cobra. The power. Cobra. So yeah, that's good. good. I can't do that voice and it's low. Oh, it's so good. This happened on June twenty third. It's an hour thirty three genre animation action adventure. Directed by Don Jurwich, starring Don Johnson, Sergeant Slaughter, and Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith, who is... Galobulus. Thank you. Yes. Well, I was going to say, ridiculous name character for the Galobulus. movie. Galobulus. Galobulus. Yes. Yeah. IMDb movie summary, the heroic G.I. Joe Action Force. Good pull, because Action Force is what they're known as overseas. The heroic G.I. Joe Action Force must oppose the ruthless Cobra organization that has secretly aligned itself with a subterranean reptile people who were their founders. This this movie is weird. It is undeniably way bizarre. 
But on a rewatch and in a theater and having the the whole experience again, I had such a blast. I'm oh, so glad you I can't be this. disappointed watching this film. It's the choices are batty as hell, mm-hmm. but I think that's what makes it endearing. Yes. Also fun. Sergeant Slaughter is now my friend on Twitter. Wow. Because of this, he was he actually. I was like, I was like, let me see if Sergeant Slaughter is like doing anything for this 35th anniversary. Or calling me a puke. Calling me a puke and a maggot. That's right. And he was randomly going to theaters, and he wasn't announcing where he was. He's like, huh. hey, if you go there, I'm there. I'll just I'll take a picture with you and sign hmm. stuff, and we'll go watch the movie together. And I'm like, that's awesome. What a badass. So like, I said something nice about him, and he just like, friend, you're my friend. Oh, that's like, awesome. Oh, now I can talk to the sergeant. He should come to the store, and I should probably do a lot of things. You puke. He's like, unfriend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But what was there's two things about this experience that made it even better. Okay. One was my friend took his ten year old son what? to see it. Oh, that's right. And he 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 likes watching old cartoons with his dad, but he doesn't know G.I. Joe. He goes, Look, we're gonna watch the mini series leading up to it was the Serpentor stuff where yes. they create Serpentor. Yep. He goes, This is the only thing that is kind of relevant for you to see and go in blind beyond that. That's awesome. His son loved it. That's so he cool. He had such a blast. Oh my I God. thought that made it a million times better. He Absolutely. was like, that was so cool. And I like this and this and this. I'm like, oh, that's little me. That that's, is, yeah. that's what was so exciting about it. It's also, awesome. this movie is basically Starship Troopers. Yeah. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. But it predates Starship Troopers, so it makes you wonder. Yeah. Does it predate the book? No, the book's old. Okay. But they. A little bit of creative borrowing. All, all around. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> but uh, it is. Yeah, I think the book's. 70s? That makes sense. Yeah. Say? Yep. That's Philip K. Dick, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 70s is probably correct. You can let me know on the Twitter machines. Do Sarge. it. Sarge. <laughs> But I had a blast. The movie is still as good and bad all at the same time as it always was. And the animation's great. They, it's Toei animation. Yeah. So they got the Japanese animation team to do the animation for this. Yeah. It feels great. Definitely feels really good before it goes to... God, who got it? Was it Deke who got it afterwards? And like the animation went way downhill. Yeah. Deke. Deke. Yeah. You know, this was a, a fantastic experience. The movie has its problems. Sure. For sure, but every little Joe and every little Cobra figure gets a moment in the sun. The Baroness is way better than she is in the Snake Eyes movie. Yeah, seriously. She gets some business, too. Yep. And Sarge is fantastic. Yeah, it's cool. So I think if you are into G.I. Joe, you already know everything about this movie. Absolutely. Except the scores. IMDb gave it a 7.0. Okay. That was high. That is high. I was expecting worse. The critics, seven of them, gave it 43%. Yep. The audience, 10,000 plus verified. Gave it a 65%. Okay. So it was way higher than I thought it was going to be. Sure. I gave it a seven and a half. Nice. The movie is still a lot of fun. It is. That opening is so cool. The epic opening nobody expected. <laughs> yep. It is. We'll watch it in a minute. We'll watch it when we're done. Oh, it's so good. We'll watch it now. Go, bro! <laughs> 